Well, we are in our fifth week of our seven-week series on uh, the soul. And uh, we have been looking at this issue. And we've talked about from the very beginning that a lot of times if you're not comprehending and you're not understanding kind of the difference between the soul and the spirit and then even even our body that we can misinterpret some of the scriptures okay and we have to understand that so that we look at things properly and we we know that that as soon as we place our faith in christ that that born again experience that jesus talks about uh, in uh, john chapter 3 that that born again thing that takes place it is so It is vital and it is instantaneous. It is something that that happens, that we embrace Christ, that we are heaven ready right then. But guess what? We have a soul. We have this mind, will, and emotions thing that has to go through its process. We've got some life habits. We've got some, some environmental pressures. We've got some different things in our lives that we have to allow that that work begins in that moment. Remember we talked about that it's kind of like, a, you know, that life happens at conception and then we grow and mature over a period of time. We are born again. We are brought to life in Christ at that place of faith. And then through faith and through allowing him to, to have his way in our souls, he transforms who we are and we become more and more and more like Christ. And that's what we want. That's what we want to happen. So when we've, when we've been looking at this series for this is the fifth week you've heard this. You're going to hear it two more times. Why? Because I want you to grab this idea. It's God's desire is to continually grow us from the inside out. This growth is in the area of our mind, our will, and our emotions or our soul. That is where the real growth, the real Christian maturity begins to show up. Is when we allow God to begin to get into that part, into who we really are. Not just this surface play church stuff, but when we allow him to really penetrate through the spirit and really change who we really are and allow him to fashion that after himself. And it's one of those things when we do this, it affects every area of our life. That's why Third John <clears throat> verse 2 says, Beloved, in regard to all things. This is, again, everything that has to do with life. Beloved, in regard to all things, I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. As it moves along this growth trajectory, as it goes from, from right here and being allowing this much of Christ to show up, as it takes the next step, your whole life is going to begin to, to prosper and to, and to have the effects in it that God intended. This is just a, a seminal verse for us. Well, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 2.13. And this is when we begin to understand what role God's Word, this Bible thing that we Christians kind of carry around and feel like we're supposed to read and, and we do the blog on it every day and, and, and we try to read through it and we passed out those CDs for all of us to go through the, the New Testament in 40 days together listening to the Bible. Why are we putting the Bible in us all the time? This is why. We're getting into it today. First Thessalonians says, And we also thank God continually. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is at work 
in you who believe. That word is at work in you who believe. These are talking to believers. These are people. That's why we have to throw out the idea that all of a sudden with that, okay, if I come to Christ, all of a sudden I'm going to totally be different all in this one moment and all my little hang-ups and all that kind of stuff are automatically going to be gone. Some of them can just fall off. Some of them can. And then others are those things we have to grow in. It takes, it takes maturity. But all of them are as we step into the freedom that Christ has given us and we allow the Word of God to work within us. But it determines on how we accept it. Do we look at this as, some, as just some book we kind of ought to do? Or is this we looking at it as the Word of God? Now, as I said, this is my wife's birth month. And uh, so we uh, went out of town and went to go play in San Antonio and took the kids. And, and uh, so in Cutie, one of her favorite things to do is shopping. And uh, I don't know if any of you ladies have had children in San Angelo and been pregnant in this town. I know that there's just not very many pregnant clothes here. The whole maternity thing, it's pretty slim pickings. And, uh, and so... Uh, so my, we were in another place, and there was a maternity store. So Cutie wanted to go in that, and her shopping is level increases when we're not there looking at our watches. And I'm going, are you done yet? And so there was a, a deli right next door. So we go into the deli, and we're just going to hang out in the deli. And uh, Cutie wasn't with me, and, uh, and so and I wasn't going to get a drink, and that's all we were going to do in there. We had already had... Uh, our breakfast and so I, we were just going to get drinks i go up i order somehow i do bad math i know i have five children i don't know what i was thinking i ordered four drinks i don't know somehow i knew six of us walked into there two of us aren't getting drinks one of them wasn't even there and so and that's where i do six minus four two is four and i order four drinks and i uh, so i'm passing out the cups Lulu wasn't there, so the cups get passed out without any problem. She was in another vehicle. She shows up later. Daddy, where's my cup? Um, oops. And uh, I, I forgot. Well, I didn't carry any cash, and I didn't want to wipe my car for two bucks. And uh, so I said, well, you know what, Lulu? I said, you can just share with Carson. I said, I'm sorry, baby. I, I did bad math. She's like, how do you... How do you do bad math, Dad? You were a mathlete in school. You, that was your thing. You weren't good at sports. You were supposed to be good at math. I, I don't know, baby. Somehow I blew it. And I, I did bad math, and your, your soda is not bought. And I just need you to share with, with Carson. So she was not overly excited about that. I said, just go get another straw. It'll be fine. Just, you're good. We're just waiting on your mom. And uh, so I thought I was good. I was sitting at another table. All of a sudden, I can't find Lulu anywhere. I can't find her. Come to find out, she is in the ladies' bathroom crying. She's crying because she'd gone to try to get some soda, and it didn't go very well. They was like, no, this is my soda. And they said, no, Dad said that we're going to share. And then it's, no, 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 Dad didn't say. And all of a sudden, this big fight falls out, and, you're, and then names are called, and it gets ugly, and... And it was a long weekend, and we were tired, and there's bawling in the bathroom. And, uh, but the problem originated with whenever, well, it actually originated with pet math. But, uh, but with the children, 
it originated whenever Lulu went and said, Dad said. And it wasn't embraced with the way it should have been embraced. It wasn't embraced with the weight of Dad said. See, and then all of a sudden, that's when all the wheels came off. And all of a sudden, things didn't go out and it didn't work out. That's why we have to take this. We understand that God used different men. There's not one author of the Bible. There's lots of authors. God worked through lots of different people. But we have to understand and read this from the perspective of the truth that Dad said, Papa God said, this is written to me. This is given to me and it pertains to life and godliness and it reshapes me. Yes, Matthew wrote one, Luke wrote one, Mark wrote one, John wrote one, Paul wrote a bunch of them. Peter wrote a couple of epistles in there. Who knows who wrote Hebrews? And, but it doesn't matter because God said. We have to embrace it that way. If we don't, then that's when the wheels come off. That's when things begin to go out of whack. We have to embrace the word of God as what it is because we have to understand this god uses his word to remake our souls he uses his word to remake it and to 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 retool it now y'all saw a little clips of this year's kids camp we did a lot the previous year actually both years we did some some remakes of our own and uh anthony would you roll a little uh some of y'all might understand for old school like me some Old school, uh, back in the day, cheesy white boy rap. Yo, K-I-D-Z. Let's kick it. Hardcore. Now. Ice Ice, you know it. Don't act like you don't know this song. You'll find out when you read his words Respect Your mommy and your daddy If you do that, you'll live long and happy Yeah, this cool is signing out Y'all remember y'all's kids what I just told y'all Celebration Church Rocks God bless y'all Bye, this cool is My wife says he got that move from me Um, uh, for y'all that don't know, that is Cornelius. That is my oldest son, and he has a nerd character called Cornelius that he did. And we thought it would be pretty funny if Cornelius had a rap alter ego. And uh, so you got this nerd white rapper guy, and uh, redoing these songs for kids camp to help drive home the uh, the, uh, the 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 message. And we do these remakes, and you take something that maybe didn't have much point. You ever listen to? The, uh, actually know the lyrics of Ice Ice Baby? Okay, does it make any sense? It makes no sense at all. You just go, you just, just read them. It just, it's like somebody just running off at the mouth. I mean, you could, it just makes no sense. And so with this remake, then we took something that didn't make much sense, it didn't have much kingdom use, and reshifted it. And made it into something that had some kingdom use. That is what happens when we allow God to work in our lives. 
we say, God, in my own natural carnal self, I'm not much kingdom use. And a lot of my life don't make sense. It don't make sense according to your word, but God remake me. And when he does, and we open ourselves up to him, he begins to refashion our lives, our, the way we think, the way we make decisions, the way we respond, our emotions. He begins to rework those things little by little as we give him room. And then he makes us fit for kingdom use. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. There it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. See, Christ is aware that when we come to him, we have blemishes and wrinkles and stains and all of these. I love it. It doesn't say he's taken all this so that he can get all that out of it so that we can be the church. No, it's, that's the way the church is. And he uses the word to begin to work in our lives to make it. We belong to him stained and wrinkly and blemished. But then he begins to work in it. It's not so that all of a sudden we can now be accepted and we can now step in. No, we're already accepted and now he's reworking us. Like somebody going and, and, <clears throat> and finding this, this uh, one of our church members, uh, Jerry Searcy, he'd gone and found and driving down and saw this Mustang, 66 Mustang, sitting out in a, in a field. Been neglected, rusted out, a mess. And went and asked, can I buy that? When took it immediately, it was his. Rusted out, blemished, having issues. And over a period of a time, he had the, did the interior and the engine and, and the paint job and all of that and made it into something for himself that had been restored. That is what God is doing. That is what God is doing. That's why he sent his son. He saw your life. And saw the potential and said, I want to make that mine. And I want to recraft it. And so that it can be all that it was designed to be. See, that is the beautiful thing. I'm, man, I'm so sorry if some preacher told you that, that you have to be all of this for God to love you. It is not the case. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ loved us. That is why he loved us when we didn't love him. When we rejected him, we said, oh, we don't want anything to do with you. He was pursuing us. He was giving everything for us. And then when we turn and we place our faith in him and we embrace him and we are his immediately. And then he begins the restorative work in our lives. It is a beautiful thing. But we have to understand and embrace this washing with the water. We have to do it. You know what? We, we have inside dogs. We, our dogs have to, you know, they go outside to do stuff, you know, but they, they live inside. But guess what? When you have inside dogs, you have to bathe them. And they don't like it. They run from the water. We have to sit there and make somebody guard them in the tub because they will, they will get out. And the only reason, the only reason we're washing them is because we want them around us. So that they can be clean. And I tell you what, after the bath, they love it. Because everybody goes, ooh, come sit with me. Ooh, come sit with me. 
Man, when they're stinky, nobody wants to get out. Get out of here. But man, when they're clean, they just enjoy it. And they and the dogs enjoy it. They know they're clean. Man, we got a little white dog, prissy thing, worthless. That dog is worthless. Other than the fact my wife loves her. But I'm telling you, she won't do anything other than just be hugged and snuggled. And I tell you what, she loves to be clean because then she gets hugged and snuggled. God, want, he just simply wants to restore us. But we can't run from the water of the word. John 15. Let's look at this. This is Jesus talking. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You were already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Then we see in John 17, just a little further, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. That sanctify again is one of those churchy words that we don't use anywhere else but church. But it's simply that, that set apart, that cleansing, that prepared for use is all that sanctified means, okay? That's what he wants to do. And that's what happens when, with the truth, with the word of the truth. And we allow it to work in our lives. Paul writes to the Romans, <clears throat> 10, consequently faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of christ and then we jump back in that letter back to romans 1 for the gospel of a righteousness from god is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last just it is written the righteous will live by faith if you and i are going to be right with god we're going to do it by faith. And that comes when we expose ourselves to the truth that is hidden in his word. That is revealed in his word. That is made available to us in his word. We have to do that. And we have to understand that God's word becomes a tool or a, even a weapon to use in the battle of our renewing souls. Hebrews 4 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I tell you what, this whole sword thing, it's really alive in young boys. I mean, you can give a boys anything of any length and they'll turn it into a sword. Okay? We were at camp and, and we had a bunch of these things around. Okay? And they sit there and you give them a noodle, a little swim noodle, and what are they immediately going to do? It's a sword. And they'll poke Dave with it. Smack him with it. <laughs> and it's a sword. But okay, now th but this thing is it's just for play. This is just for play. This doesn't make any cha challenge. It doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't do anything. It's, it's just for play. It's just for goofing off. Now see, we have to make sure when we look at the word of God as a sword that we don't look at it as something that's... It's kind of cute. It's kind of fun. I kind of play with it. You know, we have to respect it for what it is. That it is sharper. It is designed to go in and to change our lives. It is designed to, to penetrate and split even between the soul and the spirit. Just like going in and dividing between the, and a bone between the joints and the marrow. I mean, it's just right there, that fine line. And the word of God will come in and do that. Why is needing to know the difference between the soul and the spirit important for us as believers? 
Why? Well, because there are times when we're making decisions. Remember, because our decisions affect everything. We, learn, we know that from Deuteronomy 30, 19. I've said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. That sometimes our soulish area will have a pretty good idea. We think we're a pretty good idea. But the Spirit of God says, no, we need to go this direction. And the Bible, God's Word, He will use it over and over and over again to confirm it. I tell you what, whenever God was speaking to us to sell everything and to leave, man, I tell you what, that was a big deal. You don't necessarily find that, hey, Brandon, do that in the Bible. But it was a big deal. And before God even spoke to us, there was a passage out of 2 Kings that God just dropped into my heart. I didn't fully understand it. I met with Brandon Moore, and we were just over at his house, and I shared it with him. I said, Brandon, this is, man, God, this just keeps rolling up into my heart, and I think I understand it this way. And then sure enough, as things God had already put that word in my heart, and it divided between the soul and the spirit, and it showed me what spirit was and changed the course of our life forever. And this church eventually came out of that. It's vital. And then there's the kind of the next step up, okay? We decide maybe it's legit. This word is legit. We, it's a real sword. And it's metal. And it's pokey. My uh, in-laws just came back from Spain and they bought all my boys these little sword little openers. And you know what? This is, you know, this is a, it's a sword. You, you look at that and you call it a sword. Dave doesn't want me to poke him with this like I did the other one, you know? And, uh, you know, and if, if I've got the noodle, you're probably not going to have any problem coming at me and attacking me. If I'm holding this, you're going to think twice. It's not super intimidating, you know, but you could lose an eyeball with this or something. You know, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, but it's not super intimidating, right? But I tell you what, even a little bit, even a little bit of the true word becomes, can become a weapon in our hands. You know what? Sometimes you think, I don't fully understand this whole thing. I only understand a little bit. Well, guess what? Use the little bit you got. Use the little bit you got. Use the little bit that you understand. You know what? I could probably stave off an attack with this little bit. Nobody wants to get put. It really is sharp. I was really concerned for my boys. Put this away. Do not run around the house with these. I mean, it's and use what you've got. You say, Brandon, I'm brand new to this. All I know is that, that God loves me and is for me. And, and all, I know is, all I know is John 3.16. That's the only word I really know. For God so loved the world that he, that he gave his son. Guess what? Every time the devil attacks you, use that. Pull that little, little out and say, I know this. And use that. And guess what? More and more as you grow and you begin to expose yourself more and more to the word of God, then pretty soon then... You can sword. Come on, Dave. You ready? <laughs> this one's a little more intimidating. If you know me and know that I'm not adept with this thing, you might come at me. But if you don't know me, you you might stay back. Say that dude's that dude's tough. If I put it in Kelly Dunn's hand, who who fenced years ago, all of a sudden it could become something really powerful. And uh, but all of a sudden, this is this begins to it grows. Whoops! It grows from this to this as we expose ourselves more and more to the Word of God, as we allow it to become alive in our heart 
more and more and more, all of a sudden the word of God begins to have more and more effect in our lives. and becomes more and more useful in our lives. It is like, I, I love it that one of my favorite passages to read when I was a kid is I would go into to Revelations chapter 1 and it would give the description of Jesus from the... From the, from, uh, the uh, uh, <clears throat> From John, the revelator's perspective, and he was, it was given this, this uh, picture of Christ. And uh, one of the things I love it said is that it's like a, a, a double-edged sword came out of his mouth. I mean, it's just powerful. The word of God, we need to embrace it as what it is. It makes everything change. See, Ephesians six seventeen says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit... Which is the word of God. Which is the word of God. Man, when the, when the guys came to arrest Jesus in the garden. And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And then he says, I am he. And boom, they all fell out. Boom, just at his word. We need to embrace the power of the word of God. It is life transforming when we embrace it as what it is. Colossians chapter 3 says, Let the word of God dwell in you richly. That means allow it. Give it room. Say, I want you in my life, word of God. To dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and gratitude in your heart to God. For whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to the God and Father through him. And then we see this sword of the Spirit, this word of truth. We see it displayed in Jesus' life that he showed us how to use the word of God to avoid temptation and to make life-giving decisions. You see, it's offensive and defensive both. And one of my first memorable experiences was something that was sword-like was Star Wars and the whole lightsaber thing. And you just love that. Why? Because when those, those Jedi had it, you know, they'd have these cool, awesome laser guns and they're shooting at them and they're just bling, bling, bling. Bling, 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 bling. You can't get through that. I mean, they're just, they're just, they're just, boom. They're just, they're defensive. Nothing could get through. But when I tell you what, you didn't want one of them Jedi to get close to you if you was a bad guy. Something was going to fall off. You're going to be dead. There's going to be parts of you everywhere. It was just, there was offensive and defensive. A lot of times we think of this, of this, this, this sword as just this offensive deal. But we see Jesus using it as both in Matthew chapter 4. This is where right after the, the Holy Spirit had descended on him at his baptism, he's, he's <clears throat> off into the Spirit and is tempted. Uh, in the, he's in the desert, led by the Spirit. He's tempted by, by the devil. It says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Jesus was a man. He didn't have food for 40 days. He was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, this is Jesus, folks. This is Jesus. This is God in the flesh. You know what? He could have just written some new scripture right there. We have stuff that he said that wasn't quoting, that is scripture to us. 
He was writing scripture there. We just quoted some of it out of, out of John 17 and, and, and John 3.16, Jesus' words, creating scripture, not something he's quoted. But when he was attacked, he was showing us how to live. He doesn't make something up new on the spot. He goes back to what's already given and he says, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan ping, shoots the thing at him. Boom. Defended with what? It is written. This is, what the, this is what God has to say. Then the devil took him to the holy city. Stood. <clears throat> had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God. He said throw yourself down. And now the devil starts playing dirty. This is why we need that alive in us. Dividing between the soul and the spirit. Why? Because even Satan can come in and begin to twist God's word, isolate a piece and make it say something it doesn't. It says, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift up their hands so that you will not strike a foot against the stone. And Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now he doesn't just defend, he jabs. And the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. Folks, this is why we need to put the word of God in us all the time. Heard it said over and over again, put the word of God in you when you don't need it so it's there when you do need it. That is why we encourage you to have daily Bible readings. Not just because it's a little religious thing to do. No, but because we need to make a habit of hiding the word of God in our heart. We need to make a habit of it. Why? Because it is arming us. It is it's so incredibly vital. Hebrews 1 says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Jesus said, it's done, it is finished. It's sat down at the right hand of the majesty, and now we embrace the work of the Spirit of God and the Word of God changing our lives. Our, the, he provided the issue for sin, it's done, and now we allow the Word and the Spirit to work in our lives. And we have to make sure we embrace it and this is what we want to close with, with James 1. Therefore, get rid of our moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. It's like, what's the point? You look at yourself and then you walk away and go, I don't even know me. That was pointless. I looked, I took it in, but then it does me no good. That's why we need to make sure that when our hearts go, God, I go to your word, show me, teach me. And now help me to put this into practice so that it transforms me. It shapes me 
into your image. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Ah, that is so vital. And continues to do this, not only forgetting what he has heard, uh, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. See, Christian maturity, folks, is about the life of God in us, showing and expressing the life of God through us. And this only happens as the choices that come from our mind, our will, and our emotions are led by the Spirit. That's it. There is no cheat code to it. There's no other way around it. There's no do these ten things and it's all cool. It's us allowing the Spirit of God, the Word of God, to transform us from the inside out and begin to shape, reshape our souls. That's it. That's it. Now, this morning, I'd appreciate it if everyone would kind of bow your heads right quick. We want to close down with this. If you're here this morning and you need to hit the starting gate, you need to say, I need this new life. I 